I've managed to leave my iPad and my journal with stuff written in it that I wanted to share at home. So it's purely off the cuff. Um, but I just believe that in the stumblings and inadequacies, God will speak to us this morning. So it's Norman first. Okay. I didn't forget mine. <laughs> no, I didn't put that. Okay, I'm going to start by reading a few verses from Psalm 116 and then explain a wee bit. Well, let me explain first. Um, I'm a Falkirk boy. I was born in Falkirk Royal Infirmary in 1950, the 5th of September. Uh, and I lived in Falkirk for the first 25 years of my life. But I've been away since, just coming back recently. On the 5th of September 1971, it was my 21st birthday. And my ideal of a celebration was to go to Calendar Estate, light a fire, and take LSD. I can picture exactly where we are. There used to be a burn that's not there anymore. So... I've been in Falkirk, uh, certainly at the beginning of my life. And, um, well, let me just read the psalm first. Psalm 116, the first six verses. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. And that's quite, that's literal for me. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the simple hearted. When I was in great need. He saved me. So, um, <clears throat> I, I, I think I'm going to give a testimony. That was my first reaction when we got the phone call this morning because it's, it's, it's easy and it connects with people, I think. Um, <clears throat> I, well, I want to say, first of all, that everybody has the same testimony. A testimony is you telling the story of how you came to the place of realizing that you needed Jesus. And for some people, it's, it's, it's a big deal. For me, it was a big deal because I had an encounter that 21st birthday in Calendary State with God that was the beginning of the change in my life. It took a few years to get there, but... That it was an important time for me. Um, so my testimony obviously involves drugs, LSD, cannabis, barbiturates, and uh, prescribed drugs uh, that we used to get. Um, but it's only the backdrop. It's not to me. It's not the biggest thing because, as I say, it was that that brought me to the place of realizing, understanding my need. 
But for you, it doesn't have to be that. And it, it's not the biggest thing. And I always say in my testimony I, that I wasn't a criminal. I wasn't a really a bad person. I mean, I, I followed the crowd. And I actually don't remember a time in my life when I made a decision about my own life. Whether it was getting a job, going to school, getting hires and all that stuff. Um, the first time I ever made a decision on my own that wasn't part of the pressure, you know, peer pressure, was when I gave my heart to the Lord and made a decision to follow him. So I wasn't a bad lad, I was just, just deceived. And actually, part of my deceit was that I thought I had found something with meaning because I realized that I didn't have any background or any understanding of having a purpose in life. And I remember seeing these hippies in the 1066 bar. Is it still there? I think it's called Park now. Uh, ah, it doesn't even matter. It's near <laughs> Grameson Station. <coughs> and um, I remember seeing these hippies dressed in colorful clothes and thinking... And they spoke a language. They spoke a language of love. They spoke a language of uh, rebellion in one sense, but it was a ch it was a change, and it had a direction. It had a purpose. And I can actually remember making up my mind, taking a decision that I was going to be a hippie. And decisions are important. I can't remember if I shared this the last time I spoke. It was the only other time I spoke, actually. But um, there's a word, that I, a thing that I discovered uh, where I was trying to explain to people wh how I could describe being a hippie as, as a, a cause and, and, and as a commitment that I made. And I found, I, I looked up the dictionary meaning of addiction. An addiction is a prefix followed by a verb. The prefix is ad, which means towards. And the verb is decere, addiction, ad decere, which means to declare. So the word addiction actually means literally to declare towards something. And I, I told you, I declared towards being a hippie. And I had to do a, another declaration when I became a Christian. And that was to declare towards, and this is important for me, the, the church of Jesus Christ. And it wasn't enough for me to make a decision to be a Christian and to uh, embrace that faith, there had to be a commitment to something else, and that commitment was to church. And I have always said this every, every since I was uh, saved: that local church is important. It's not take it or leave it. It's something that it's part of God's plan for our lives that we commit to a local church. And give our all 
to take hold of that. So I'm lost now, but never mind. To declare to words. So for me, the hippie thing was a cause. And I got totally enthralled in it. Um, I, was pl- I was training to be a civil engineer with a building company. I was a trainee civil engineer, but I just threw it all up in the air because I, to be a hippie, you had to be full-time. So I packed in my job after two and a half years and, I don't know, took to the streets, I suppose you would say. Um, but for me, it was an important thing to have that purpose in my life. And I was convinced that despite the fact that it was illegal what I was doing, uh, that I, uh, part of it was that I, I believed, actually, this is true, I told people this, that LSD was a way to God. And taking LSD wasn't just about having a physical experience, but it was a spiritual experience. Now, it's rubbish, I know that now, <laughs> But that's what I believed, and that's what I committed to. Um, and of course, you know that Jesus was a hippie, don't you? And you know that he took drugs, and that was how he was able to do miracles. That's what I believed. That's what I told people. It just meant crazy. Um, I can remember once um, my younger brother, Sorry, my mother, first of all, she was angry and so was my dad about leaving my job. And he, she tackled me once in the house. And in my pocket, I had two ounces of cannabis resin, like a block. And I was carrying it foolishly for a guy who was a dealer. And... It was in silver foil. I opened it out and I said, see that, mum? One day everybody in the world will smoke that and we'll all live in peace and love. That's what I believed. But it's crazy. Um, For me, it was a movement. It was part of a cause. And it also had a religious dimension. Um, I could tell you a lot of things. I mean, my, my biggest memory was seeing the Beatles getting off a plane in India and going to spend time with the Maharishi Yogi. And and I thought, oh, this is it. This is the world changing. (laughs) That's all I can say. (laughs) But so the question is, how did I get out of that deception? And I think, quite simply, I was introduced to a couple who were in their 70s, Ludovic Barry and his wife, Jean, Jeannie. They were in their 70s. They, were, they lived on their own, Windsor Avenue. And I was introduced to them um, by a guy that I met who was a Christian. And they became my best friends. And being a Christian replaced the hippie thing and it became the biggest thing in my life and I can remember doing all sorts of radical things 
speaking all sorts of radical things. And my, my parents thought I had was away with the fairies, but I wasn't. I was away with the spirit. <laughs> um, and maybe I was a bit um, silly the way I did it. But um, my on my twenty first birthday, I had a very strong encounter with Jesus in the middle of an LSD trip and it was the start of it um, and I had a bad trip I'd never had a bad trip before and I ended up lying in a park praying God please help me hence Psalm 116 because he did I can remember I walked from Falkirk round Caron Dams the park was in Stennis Muir and I had bitten my lip. I was so frantic. And the blood was running down my chin. And I can remember meeting a guy that I knew. And he was staring at me. And he, he sort of wondered what was happening. But I ended up collapsing in the park. In among some trees. Crying out, oh God, please help me. And he did. He spoke to me. And I tell you now, it wasn't a voice. It was louder than a voice. I can't explain that. But it wasn't a voice. It was a louder than a voice. It was something that came right inside and spoke to my whole being. And I can remember um, going back up to Falkirk where my friends were and telling them, I've met Jesus. Here's another cuckoo thing. I've met Jesus, honestly. I've met Jesus. He spoke to me. And if I had to put the, 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 what I felt into words, it was this, you don't have to suffer all this because Jesus has already suffered all that you, all that you need. He suffered for you. And that was the start. Uh, it was about a year later, I was still in a mess when I met the Barrys, but they became my best friends. And that was my first introduction to church. And I'm going to stop there and give my wife a chance. We're on the theme of who is Jesus. And if there's a theme for today, it is that he is our righteousness. He's explained how he came to discover that. Jesus has taken a gift of righteousness and laid it at our gate and said, here you are, it's yours to pick up. And Norman also said that everybody's testimony is the same. And that is true. But my story is so completely different from him. His, the complete opposite. I come from a missionary family. My granny went out to India in 1890. Met my grandfather out there. They got married out there. They had their children out there. And the family was out in India, Pakistan, as it became later, from 1890 till 1967, till my aunt retired. I was born out there. That's my background. I grew up in a godly family, prayers twice a day, um, 
breakfast table and bedtime, um, godly talk, encouragement to follow Jesus. So I can't remember a time when Jesus wasn't my friend. I can't remember when I first understood who Jesus was. So my story is so different. But as I've gone on in life, I have really experienced the righteousness of God. In my weakness, in my inadequacy, in my failures, in my sins, I can say that Jesus is my righteousness. And I want to read to you um, from Psalm 84, a couple of verses, verses 5 to 7. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, which means, by the way, weeping, as they go through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. And that is my testimony. God has always revealed his strength and his righteousness to me. And even in times of trouble, I've experienced springs in the desert. I've experienced rain and I've gone from strength to strength. Not in my own strength, but in the strength of the righteousness of God. And I want to move on to some verses in Psalm. Sorry, I'm taking the time. I want to move on to some verses in Psalm 85. Verses 10 to 13. I absolutely love this. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. Righteousness is the key, not our own strength, not how well we do things, not how good we are, not how successful, but the righteousness of God that comes from his love, that is laid at our feet as a gift, that is what releases our life into fullness, into fruitfulness. It says our land will yield its increase into favor, into blessing, and into making a difference in life. And that would be my testimony. I can look back. I'm not as old as Norman, but I'm not far off it. Um, I can look back and see how God has led me utterly faithful. I was protected, secure, grew up in a loving family, knew I was loved, 
but I had this mentality of being little. I don't know if you've noticed, I'm not very tall. Little, the, the, the youngest, almost the baby. I had a baby mentality about myself. And that takes me to Psalm 8. It was a psalm that my granny used to quote. She used to sing it at her little American organ as she pedaled away in her house. She never read music, only knew solfa, but she was very musical. And this psalm sums up how I feel, how amazing God is, why he's actually done what he's done in my life. Why would we do it? O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babies and infants. I still sometimes feel like that. You have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? I might replace that with, what is Jane Hill, that you are mindful of her, and the son of man, that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, Whatever passes along the paths of the seas, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And how majestic is your name in my life and in your life. How majestic. And that's what I want to say today. I think that's everything. But I just feel that if you're struggling New Year has come, and you feel sort of bogged down, and you feel a bit as though the future is a bit fogged, or you feel uncertain, or you just need a refreshing in the Holy Spirit today. I just want to offer you that opportunity to come out and to be prayed for, to receive more of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know that the Lord is majestic in your life, then it's time that you did. If you're finding it hard to believe that truth, then God wants to minister something to you of value, of love, of purpose. Norman shared that he grew up without purpose. My experience was the opposite. I, was, I grew up with this naive belief that whatever job I did in life had to be one that served other people. Now, it's a bit daft because any job you do in life serves other people if you have the right attitude. But I believed it was more noble to be a missionary, a minister, a nurse, a doctor than to be an engineer or a gardener which of course is rubbish, false, and that was dealt with a long time ago. But if you're just struggling in your life 
to know his majesty and his power, empowerment and his love, then now's your opportunity to receive something from God. So let's just pray. And then if you want, have you got something else to say? No. Quickly, um, when I met Jane and we engaged, well, we became yeah, not engaged officially, but she went. <laughs> she went home. Uh, every, every husband's sitting there feeling sorry for me, but never mind. <laughs> um, <clears throat> she went home and told her mum and dad. They asked her why she was wearing oh, she got a, a thing that I gave her around her neck. And it wasn't a noose, honestly. <laughs> um, and Jane said, it's from my boyfriend. Oh, what does he do? Well, he used to be on drugs. <laughs> so as her mother said to her, could you not have met a good, nice doctor? <laughs> but here's the, here's the best bit. I was asked to do the eulogy at her mum's funeral. So let's pray. Father, we just ask you to come afresh by your Holy Spirit, to touch our hearts, to remind us of your righteousness, your faithfulness your love and father we want to extend faith and love upwards to you so that your righteousness comes down and peace meets righteousness and father i want to pray that where there's a lack of peace in hearts today where there's confusion where there's struggle where there's uncertainty where there's difficult, complex relationships and brokenness. Father, would you just come in and bring healing to these hearts. Bring healing. Bring empowerment. Bring the reassurance of your love, no matter what's going on in their lives. I just say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And just release your power upon us today. In Jesus' name. Thank you.